On this episode of the Nesson Soccer Podcast, Mark and Marcus give their live reaction to the 2020 FIFA Awards and pick out their top matchups of the Champions League round of 16. Welcome to the Nesson Soccer Podcast. I am Mark, along with Marcus on this snowy afternoon. Marcus, how are you doing? You, you covered in snow? Yeah, snowed in, but I have hot cocoa. Perfect. I, that's sounds like it's probably your best day in a while. Um, uh, uh, not even close, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are going to get to the FIFA Awards, which took place earlier today. We're also going to talk some Champions League round of 16. And, of course, we're going to have our Zlatan quote of the week and the matches of the weekend uh, at the end of our show. But, Marcus, um, since you have your cocoa and you are comfortable and you are ready to discuss the FIFA awards, why don't you run through them real quick? Uh, And, you know, while you're running through them, maybe why don't you tell us a little bit about just the prestige of the FIFA awards, like where do they kind of rank as far as just the top awards, if that makes sense? Well, um, the FIFA awards ceremony, we're recording here Thursday afternoon uh, in the Eastern United States. The FIFA awards just took place, um, you know, at a glitzy ceremony, glitzy virtual ceremony in uh, Zurich, Switzerland. And, you know, I thought they were going to go through it quickly. Uh, turns out the show went on for uh, damn near two hours. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I had the pleasure of watching the show and uh, writing up uh, some quick reactions on Nesson.com. Um, so, I don't know, let's, uh, let's go through it. I mean, these are the annual awards that FIFA bestows um, as far as the men's game. Uh, and actually, the... Uh, women's now also have a uh, Ballon d'Or that uh, France football awards. Um, Those two awards, I think it's hard to tell which one is bigger, uh, the FIFA awards or the uh, Ballon d'Or awards. Uh, I'm going to go with the FIFA awards one because they have the FIFA branding to them, but also because they're more uh, participatory. Uh, The winners are decided uh, national team captains and head coaches nominate uh, the candidates and then the fans and uh, the media vote on them, uh, which I think is a little more open uh, and yeah. I would even say fairer than uh, just the journalists that France football selects to vote on the ball on door awards. Um, those are always, you know, they center around Europe, skewed on Europe. So uh, yeah, the FIFA awards, they are uh, the truly global uh, World Soccer Awards, and uh, that come that actually comes with their own set of uh, unique uh, problems, or maybe I'll call them issues. Um, but for brevity's sake, let's uh, let's start. The uh, FIFA Pro Women's World Eleven was named, um, and they are Christiane Endler, Lucy Bronze, Wendy Renard, Millie Bright. Delphine Cascarino, Barbara bon- Bonancea, Veronica Bouquet, Megan Rapino, Pernille 
Harder, Vivian Medima, and Tobin Heath. So we have uh, two women's U.S. women's national team players on that list. Uh, that hmm. would be uh, Tobin Heath and Megan Rapino. Now, Rapino came out with a very interesting tweet. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically, she said, you know, it's great that she is. Um, she appreciates being recognized as one of the uh, top women's player, but, and I quote, it did come as a surprise to me that I met the criteria for selection as I haven't played in a match since March, uh, parentheses, <laughs> 2021, here I come. Uh, but she makes a really important point. We have yeah. so many phenomenal female players around the world and all of us need to do what we can to recognize them. The fact that I was selected once again sheds light on the fact that in order to push our game forward, we need continued investment in the women's game to give more female players the opportunity to be seen on TV in their home countries and globally while performing for club and country. Um, very interesting. Megan Rapino, the 2019 winner, earns a spot on the FIFA Pro World 11. Now, this is by a vote of around 55,000 professional players. Uh, I wonder if, I wonder how many of them uh, really keep track of uh, the ins and outs of the women's game. I think uh, Repino, right. you know, good honor for calling that out that, hey, she hasn't played since March. So what is she doing on it? I think it's, uh, there, there, there had to be a measure of a popularity contest, uh, which put her, uh, which put her in that world 11. Yeah, I mean, I admittedly, I don't follow the women's game beyond some social media following a few of the women's national team players, American players. Um, and I mean, when I saw this list, I kind of thought the same thing about Tobin Heath. I don't know how much she's played this year either. Uh, I'm guessing it's more than Rapino. I didn't realize Rapino hadn't played since March. Yeah. Uh, um, Tobin Heath has been, she's been playing. She also uh, moved to Manchester United yeah. uh, and uh, has done some good things there. So. Uh, yeah, definitely I mean, not in the category of Rapino, which is a what is she doing there? Um, Rapino yeah. was battling battling injuries and other uh, other commitments. So, yeah, I, I mean, and it's it's easy enough to keep track of the U.S. women's national team, um, or at least the stars or you know consistent starting players like Sam Mewis or um, Alex Morgan, um, but and and they play in England now too. So I guess if you wanted to make a commitment, you commit yourself to keeping track of the uh, Women's Premier League in England. Um, that is the WSL, the Women's Soccer League. Women's Soccer League. I mean, so it's uh, it's it's definitely a commitment given you know how much soccer there is to to follow in the first place. So, um, but you're right. I mean, when it comes to an annual award, it certainly should be you know, Megan Rapino makes all the right points where, you know, let's, let's give credit where credit is due to the right players. I mean, we're going to talk about some of the men's awards that I kind of, you know, the right amount of research is done, but yeah, Marcus. Uh, so the FIFA men's side, you actually see, you know, the, it, not to the same extent, but uh, there are a couple, a uh, couple questions, but I'll read it off. Allison, Liverpool. Uh, goalkeeper. We have four Liverpool players. Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, at right back. Sergio Ramos, Liverpool's Virgil van Dijk. 
Major League Soccer alum Alfonso Davies makes it as the uh, left back. Congratulations to him. Uh, you've got Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne, Premier League Player of the Year, former Bayern Munich, now Liverpool midfielder Thiago Alcantara, Bayern's All Everything, Josh Kimmich, uh, and then the three finalists for the uh, best men's player, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Bayern's Robert Lewandowski. Uh, I don't have too many problems with this list. Um, yeah, not not too many problems. But as we get into the uh, awards themselves, I can uh, point out a contradiction or two. Yeah, no, not too many problems for me either with this. Uh, and in some ways, it's kind of the opposite problem of what Rapino brought up with the women's side is that we know so much about so many men's players um, that bringing it down to a best 11 is extremely difficult, but I'd say it's a, this is a pretty uh, good 11 for yeah. me. And uh, bears repeating 55,000 players, professional players around the world cast their votes. So uh, I'm not going to argue too much with the wisdom of the crowd. The uh, FIFA Fair Play Award went to Mattia Agnese, a 17-year-old Italian player whose quick-thinking bravery administered critical first aid to an opponent who lost consciousness following an on-field collision. Uh, congratulations, Mattia. Uh, we're going to move on. The FIFA Fan Award. This one was actually quite interesting. It went to Marivaldo Francisco da Silva. He is a fan of, uh, I believe that is Flamengo, uh, the Brazilian club, who walks, he walks 60 kilometers, 11 hours uh, to see his team play because he can't afford uh, transportation. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, incredible. Uh, his microphone wasn't working during the ceremony, but uh, his his uh, emotional reaction at having won really, uh, really struck me bit of a bit of a tearjerker and uh, congratulations to him. Now let's move on to the best FIFA women's goalkeeper USA's and uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut native Alyssa Nair was a finalist. She did not win that went to Sarah Buadi, um, who has uh, she's won 10 consecutive French titles seven Champions League winners medal. Uh, she's with uh, Lyon, won another domestic treble. Uh, she's the Lyon and France goalkeeper, beat out uh, Alyssa Nair for, uh, for that award, uh, as well as Chile's Cristiani Endler. Uh, the FIFA best men's goalkeeper went to Liverpool's, uh, sorry, went to Bayern's Manuel Neuer. So, I spoke of contradictions earlier. Neuer was not on the FIFA Pro World 11, uh, but he yeah. did win the best goalkeeper award, which... Uh, How does that work? <laughs> well, uh, as I've said before, 55,000 pro players voted for Allison. Uh, as for the, uh, for the individual awards, that was a vote of the fans and the media. So... Uh, different voters, they might have used different criteria. I'm not sure FIFA provided clear, uh, you know, unequivocal guidance on uh, how to decide this award. So that went to uh, went to Neuer over uh, Allison and Atletico Madrid's Jan Omblak. 
the FIFA Puskas Award for goal of the year. Did you see this goal? I have seen the goal, yeah. Okay, went to Son Hung Min of Tottenham Hotspur, ran from his own 18-yard box through uh, everyone. I think that was against, uh, I think it was against West Ham. Uh, yeah, stunning, great, stunning, stunning solo goal. Sorry, it was against Burnley, uh, but a stunning solo goal. I would have voted for Luis Suarez's back heel uh, based on pure imagination, audacity. But I wasn't one of the media members who had a vote. So uh, congratulations to uh, Son Hung Min. The FIFA best women's coach went to Serena Weigman, who was uh, the coach of the Dutch national team. She uh, succeeds Jill Ellis at the top of that heap. She, um, let's see, 10 straight wins. Uh, after the uh, 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, the Netherlands probably, maybe they have, they were finalists, they lost to USA, but they arguably have the best team in Europe right now. Uh, Weigman has done so well that England poached her um, and she's going to take the England job after the 2020 Olympics. Uh, so she'll stay with the Netherlands through the Olympics and then uh, take uh, England's national team job. But um, yeah, Jill Ellis, former USA coach, Jill Ellis was the, um, she was the winner in 2019. Uh, USA coach Vlatko Andonovsky was uh, not a finalist. So he has, uh, he's got some work to do to get his name out there. Uh, oh. Mark, anything uh, strike you about the, uh, about these awards so far, because afterwards we're going to move to, uh, I would say the uh, bigger, the the biggest ones. Uh, just the goalkeeper, the men's goalkeeper situation. Um, I, I would say that Allison should have been uh, on the World Eleven too, but you know, I guess Manuel Neuer is pretty good too. You know, well, it, Allison was Neuer was not. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I meant yeah. to flip it. Um, but. Uh, you know, that's it. So I don't want to hold you up, Marcus, because you're okay. firing through these. The best FIFA men's club, uh, coach went to Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. Now, in the ceremony, Klopp's surprise at winning was, uh, it was actually hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he beat out uh, Leeds United's Marcello Bielsa, who, uh, when he was named a finalist, I was like, what? I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> on that list, except he led Leeds to the Premier League for the first time in 16 years. Congratulations to him. And then uh, Hans Dieter Flick, Bayern Munich's head coach, who won the Bundesliga, the German Cup, the Champions League, the UEFA Super Cup, and the German Super Cup uh, in 2020, after only taking the job in October right. or November of last that. year. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was needless to say, surprised. He was hilariously surprised at winning. And he said, if he thought he had any chance of winning, he would have had his whole coaching team with him <laughs> behind him. But instead it was him in a tuxedo looking at a laptop, uh, laptop camera. And uh, yeah, it was really funny. I enjoyed that, uh, that aspect of it. Yeah. I, the only thing that might've been better than watching Jurgen Klopp win that award is watching Jose Mourinho watch Jurgen Klopp win that award. Um, 
because I'm sure his reaction was priceless as well. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm happy for Jurgen Klopp. I mean, to win it twice in a row, um, you know, I, Liverpool went out and won the Premier League. They've remained competitive in, in all other competitions and they've had, you know, incredible match congestion that I think Klopp has kind of been, you know, vocal about, but also just he's always tinkering and tailoring and he's dealing with these injuries now. And um, I think he's, he's definitely. And the, and the broadcast schedule. Right. And he's, yeah, he's definitely deserving of the award as is Flick, but there can only be one. Now the, uh, now we're at the big two. The best FIFA women's player went to England in Manchester City's Lucy Bronze, uh, a marauding fullback all action, I guess in the uh, Danny Alves mode. Uh, she is the first defender to win this award. She succeeds Megan Rapino as the uh, 2019 winner. Uh, congratulations to Lucy Bronze. There were no USA women's national team finalists on this list. Uh, does that strike you in any way? Um, it, it's, it's kind of surprising to just hear that sentence, you know, said, but, uh, at the same time, it's very cool that Lucy Bronze won this award because it kind of is a contrast again to what M Megan Rapino said, uh, just in the fact that she is a defensive player and kind of this, you know, player of the year awards tend to go in any sport to the offensive side of the ball. Um, so it's, uh, you know, good for her. And yeah, I mean, Americans need to get back onto this list and I'm sure they will in 2021. Now on to the best FIFA men's player award. The finalists, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Robert Lewandowski. Uh, before I, uh, I'll just say it. Robert Lewandowski won uh, for the first time. Congratulations to him. Uh, Lewandowski Beat out Messi. Now, really interesting. Ball, the France football decided not to award a Ballon d'Or this year right. because uh, it, um, you know, because of the, uh, well, yes, because some of the leagues stopped. And uh, they also said it was sort of an incomplete sample size. Uh, and Robert Lewandowski probably suffered more than most because uh, conventional wisdom says he would have won it. Um, but he gets his big honor for what he did in uh, 2019, uh, sorry, for in 2020 for uh, both Bayern and uh, Poland, which is scoring roughly a goal a game. Uh, unreal. He's the best out and out center forward in the world right now has been for at least the last couple of years. And uh, Mark, do you think voters made the right choice? Was justice done? Absolutely. Justice was done. And Congratulations to Lewandowski for kind of being the uh, dethroner of Messi and Ronaldo. And it's kind of awesome that it's not, if you had said three years ago, who will kind of dethrone those two, you'd probably say, I don't know, Neymar, Mbappe, a younger player, but Lewandowski is 32 years old and he's kind of, uh, I don't know, just gotten better and better and better. And it just is the, the, the kind of shining star of shining stars on Bayern Munich. And he obviously won everything from a team perspective and now wins this award. So quite a year for Lewandowski. Um, so just hats off to him and congratulations. Yeah, one thing we're seeing uh, certainly over the last, oh, I would say 
three, four years now, and uh, we're saying as Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo cross the uh, age 30 Rubicon, the you're seeing players playing at a peak top level uh, at older and older ages. Uh, Luka Modric won in 2018. He had to be around 32 then. Uh, Lewandowski, Messi and Ronaldo still finalists at 35 and 33 years old now. Uh, I think that's a testament to professionalism, uh, mm-hmm. how these guys take care of their bodies, how they uh, stay mentally sharp, physically sharp. And uh, yeah, careers, you know, we're seeing it. We see it in the NFL. We see it in the NBA. Guys at the very, very top of the game are staying there, I think, longer than ever. And uh, Lewandowski is, uh, he's one of them. Lewandowski has been a great player in Europe for at least eight or nine years now, and he's getting his due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just an unreal amount of goals. Um, but yeah, that that kind of concludes the FIFA awards for us, Marcus. Thank you for firing through those. Anytime. Um, you know, obviously you can kind of go around in circles when talking about awards. And I, I think we've, we've, we've hit it just the right amount. Um, so let's move on to the Champions League round of 16 draw. That happened on Monday. It's now Thursday. These games will begin on February 16th and 17th. Uh, and then the second legs will begin on March 9th and 10th. Um, so basically, uh, at a glance, there's four German teams, four Spanish teams, three Italian, three English, one Portuguese, and one French. And so the matchups go like this. It's Borussia, Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City, Lazio versus Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, RB Leipzig versus Liverpool, Porto versus Juventus, Barcelona versus PSG, Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund, and Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Uh, Marcus, I'm sure several of these stick out to you, but do you have a a shining star uh, among these uh, matchups? Well, there are two that I'm looking forward to the most, uh, and it's probably not the one you would like. But uh, first, RB Leipzig versus Liverpool. Uh, either of those teams, if they are firing on all cylinders come February, are capable of winning the Champions League. Um, I would say RB Leipzig being unlikely or less likely than Liverpool, but yeah. they were Champions League semifinalists uh, in 2020, which is, uh, which is really back in August. Um, so we just can't count them out. Uh, they went toe to toe with Bayern a couple weeks ago. Uh, that team that, you know, they're powerful. They're still powerful. And uh, it would be a shock to see them win it, but they are capable of winning it. So I will really be looking forward to that one. And uh, also, which will be interesting, uh, I think, is Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea because of a uh, clash of styles. Uh, Mm-hmm. Atletico Madrid being a team in transition uh, from Diego Simeone's former airtight defensive minded side. Now they're going, becoming a, a little bit more attacking, but it's still a Simeone team. It's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of intensity, and they will be tight at the back. Not as tight as they might have been a few years ago, but still tight. 
against Chelsea, which um, his Chelsea team started the season looking like they were the ultimate four, four or five, four, you know, they're playing a, uh, you know, a game where they'll try and outscore the opposition each time. So I'll be interested to see the uh, development of uh, the Chelsea side over the next few months and where they stand come February, March against uh, Atletico Madrid. But uh, which games will you be looking forward to? Well, I, I also will really be looking forward to Leipzig versus Liverpool, but my number one is Barcelona versus PSG. Uh, that also starts on February 16th. So Leipzig, Liverpool, and Barcelona PSG kicking off the round of 16 for us. Uh, and the reason is pretty simple. It's just star power. Um, PSG with Mbappe and Neymar, and then Barcelona, of course, with Lionel Messi and our very own Serginho Dest. <laughs> Uh, rising in the ranks of star power. But, uh, you know, PSG has been one of the clubs, and there have been many at this point, that have just been linked to wanting to sign uh, Lionel Messi. And it just kind of is a, you have Neymar who left Barcelona. And meanwhile, Mbappe is kind of like the prodigal son of France over there. And uh, so it's just kind of like all those storylines combined to just have really captivated my interest. Um, and of course, if either one is eliminated, whichever is eliminated, it's kind of the bigger story of the round. Like if Barcelona or PSG falls out of Champions League in the round of 16, it's a massive failure for both, both clubs. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the crash and burn is always a fascinating story storyline as well. Absolutely. Uh, that And that would be why I would pay attention to that matchup, uh, mm -hmm. because whichever side loses, I mean, Barcelona is pretty much at rock bottom right now, uh, relatively yeah. at rock bottom. The, uh, you know, PSG goes out in the round of 16. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's gone. There's mm -hmm. a, um, you know, who knows what that's going to do. That could signal the end of Mbappe's time at the club. Uh, so many things could happen with so many players after that matchup so uh yeah i'll be uh paying attention but watching liverpool or leipzig <laughs> and yeah we're going to touch on psg a little bit more later in the show but also uh I'll, i have to mention that just from the u.s men's national team perspective there are uh players in almost every matchup to uh to watch in the round of 16 so you know in it's definitely another way to track the Champions League these days is just where the U.S. men's national team players, um, if you're a fan of the U.S. men's national team. But, uh, Marcus... What if, you're, what if you're not? Well, then, if you're not, then what are you doing? What are you doing listening to this show? That's my question. <laughs> Marcus move, is just moving, shaking his head move, for the listeners. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let, we, we, we should move on because um, we want to get into our games of the weekend in a little more detail. But before we do that, we have to discuss what I think might be the best Zlatan quote of the week. Uh, and this was found by Marcus. Um, so the first one that Marcus has brought to the table. But right now, Zlatan is on AC Milan, obviously, and he's playing with Daniel Maldini, who is the son of Paolo Maldini, who was an AC Milan captain for many years and kind of a legend of the club. 
And so Zlatan was kind of asked about that relationship. And the um, grandson of Cesare Maldini who, ah, uh, is another titanic figure in Milan's history. Right. And, and so uh, the, the last link there is that Zlatan, when he played for Inter Milan back in 2006 to 2009 time area, he played against Paolo Maldini. So he was asked about having played against him against Paolo Maldini now playing with his son, Daniel. And he said, quote, I played against Paolo Maldini and now I'm playing with his son, Daniel. Hopefully I can, I can play with Daniel's son also. <laughs> so how old is, uh, how old is Slaton? Slaton is 39. Daniel Maldini is 19 years old. <laughs> so uh, yeah, another 20 years and, he might have a son that's good enough to play in this area. Um, yeah. I'd so, love to see it. I mean, yeah, wouldn't you? Maybe he'll be his coach. Um, anyway, let's move on to our games of the weekend. Uh, Marcus, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I am going to be watching another Bundesliga game. Top of the standings, first place Bayer Leverkusen against second place Bayern Munich. Uh, that's going to be 12.30 p.m. Saturday on ESPN Plus. The uh, Leverkusen has a one-point lead over Bayern. I was shocked when I looked at the uh, Bundesliga standings. What is Bayer Leverkusen doing at the top? <laughs> well, they've won 13, drawn one and lost one of their last 15 games in all competitions, dating back to the October international break. They have the second best defensive record in uh, the Bundesliga with 10 goals conceded after 12 games. They have a couple exciting attackers in Lucas Alario, the Argenti Argentinian, and uh, Leon Bailey, the Jamaican winger. So uh, they're matching up against a Bayern team that, uh, that had won eight in a row between October and the November international breaks. But ever since then, they've won four and drawn four since then. Uh, Bayern still has a, uh, you know, their, their attack is awesome. Bundesliga leading 37 goals in 12 games. But uh, I have concerns about their defense, particularly after that game against RB Leipzig. I'm starting to wonder if Manuel Neuer, although he just won the FIFA Best Men's Goalkeeper Award, is coming to the end of his time on the top. I'm going to come out and say uh, I think he is. That's a great choice, Marcus. I am going to bring us over into France, where I will be watching Lille versus PSG. That'll be Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, judging on how you consume soccer, you probably will be able to watch that on Fubo TV. If you have BN Sports 4, you can watch it there, too. I don't think many people have BN Sports 4. But... Um, yeah, I settled on this match. Basically, uh, to be up front, like many, I saw the Timothy Weah uh, kind of wonder goal he had for Lille this uh, yesterday. And I thought to myself, oh, where, where does Lille stand in, the, in League 1? And turns out they're in first place. They lead PSG by one point. Um, and what do you know? Lille and PSG play this weekend, one versus two in League 1. Um, PSG actually has more wins than Lille, but Lille has five draws to PSG's one draw. 
but PSG is eight one and one versus Lille in their last 10 matches versus Lille. So uh, it's kind of a, you know, can they slug it out versus the big boys matchup for Lille? And uh, meanwhile, Timothy Way is kind of caught in fire, caught in form. He's got two goals and an assist this month um, in five matches in December. So just seeing if he can keep it going versus PSG and uh, if PSG can kind of get their league, domestic league campaign back on track um, as they must, you know, the match congestion with Champions League, I'm sure, has kind of taken their attention away from Ligue 1. Um, so that's what I'll be watching, Marcus. Sounds interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. Marcus, thank you for chatting with me today um, as you enjoyed your hot cocoa. And uh, to all the listeners, be sure to keep following us on Nesson.com slash podcast. And follow the Nesson Soccer Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Just search Nesson Soccer Podcast. We should pop right up. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, Marcus. Any last word? No. All right. See you guys. I'll why I tell you so.